Hello, and welcome to Pause Pop, Positively Pop Culture, where we talk about the things we love enthusiastically and without guilt. I'm Carrie Gessner. And I'm KW Taylor. Today, I'm excited because we're talking about our year-end favorite stuff of 2022, as well as talking about some holiday media. Yay! Yay! <laughs> so, so, do you want to do holiday first? Because I feel like that makes sense to me. Yeah, let's talk about holiday stuff first. Okay. So, I have seen a couple of holiday-themed movies so far this year, this this holiday season, but not a super ton. But I did see two that I really, really loved. So, okay. yeah. can I talk about those? You may absolutely Thank talk you. about those. <laughs> so one of, let's, let's go uh, the order that I watched them in. First, I watched the Apple Plus movie Spirited. Okay. Which stars Will Ferrell, Ryan Reynolds, Octavia Spencer, several other folks, but those are kind of the main people in it. And it's, it's kind of a takeoff on... A Christmas Carol. There's also like a million of those, I realize, but this does <laughs> yeah. some some different things. And it is a comedy musical. And okay, I have to say, I don't think other than like spoofy things, I don't know that I've really seen Will Ferrell and Ryan Reynolds sing and dance in a more earnest way. And they are not bad. I can't say that they're <laughs> amazing, but they are very like respectable at it. Nice. And they they clearly had a super ton of fun with this. Excellent. Yeah, it's very, very silly. So the essential premise is that Will Ferrell is working for this organization in the afterlife that puts together the like scrooging ghosts. So like (laughs) they have ghosts of Christmas past and present and yet to come. And they're run the, the department head is Jacob Marley. And they pick a person every year that they're going to haunt and work on and research and go through the the Christmas carol motions with. Mm-hmm. And Will Ferrell is one of these ghosts. And they've picked out this guy and he's fine. Like he is a jerk and he clearly <laughs> needs redemption, but he is not really grabbing Will Ferrell very much. And Will is currently acting as the ghost of Christmas present. And it's clear these are job titles, not, you know, entrenched forever roles. So yeah, the other ghosts are Sunita Mani is uh, the ghost of Christmas past. And Tracy Morgan is the voice of ghost of Christmas yet to come who's like the Grim Reaper <laughs> ghost. And that's a really funny thing. A different per- like a, a basketball player plays his physical form so that he's taller and scary okay. looking. <laughs> but anyway, he's like he sees Ryan Reynolds character Clint Briggs, who is this like marketing fixer guy, and thinks, oh, he's a much better choice because he's young and he's, you know, charming, but he's also like bad and making bad choices (laughs) and seems irredeemable. So he argues that they should choose Clint. And so they do and they kind of throughout the rest of the film, they work on redeeming Clint through his, you know, Christmas Carol thing. And it is pretty standard in some regards. But again, it's musical. The songs are really, really cute. And there is a little bit of a twist at a certain point. Okay. So I don't want to spoil it at all. There's a twist with Will Ferrell's character with some things that happen to him and some things we find out. And it just enriches, enriches? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> sure. Enriches. Enriches the story. Um, makes the story richer. In terms of its depth and and this message of, is there such a thing as an unredeemable person? And also, Mm. when you get redeemed, does it last? 
Okay. And there's some crisis of of feeling about that and what does it mean to be redeemed and yeah. So yeah, it was just really really sweet. It's it's not super long, which I always always am good for a short. It's like 127 minutes. Okay. There's no muppets in it, but it has a muppety feel. <laughs> like it really reminds me of the Muppet Christmas Carol. <laughs> and also Scrooge, which is another really good Christmas Carol adaptation. Mhm. But yeah, it's really, really funny, and all the actors are just fantastic, and the music is really fun. So that's great. I got no notes, <laughs> <laughs> except it would be better if there were Muppets in it. <laughs> I mean, everything's better with Muppets, exactly. I yeah. think. Well, cool. I will yeah. have to check that out. I'm a little bit yeah. behind on holiday viewing. <gasps> I, I know, right? <laughs> so my sister and I had a had a movie night a couple weeks ago, and. For some reason, I have been rewatching older holiday movies. Not older, oh. but like not new this year, like yeah. Spirited is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So some of the ones I've watched, a Hallmark favorite of mine called Hitch for the Holidays <laughs> from 2012. Oh, oh goodness. <laughs> With Joey Lawrence and Emily Hampshire. Oh. They're pretty charming and they um, pretend to be dating and engaged for the holidays so their families will get off their backs about different oh, things nice it's very cute that's cute and i rewatched happy season which is one of my favorites now um that we talked about a couple years ago mm-hmm. starring kristen stewart and Mackenzie davis and a bunch of can you call them veteran character actors if they're like our age <laughs> i don't think so okay <laughs> They're on their way to becoming veteran character yes. actors. Yes. And then one of the new ones I watched this this year was Falling for Christmas with Lindsay Lohan and Cord Overstreet. And it was oh. very cute. Cute. <laughs> yeah. I can tell you about it if you want to know, but it's pretty standard. <laughs> <laughs> I've been wanting to watch that, but I, yeah, I've heard some slightly mixed reviews for it, but it definitely sounds like it follows... The standard formula, but in a nice way, would you say? I would, yeah. So if you're if you're looking for something Christmassy, Hallmarky, formulaic, but mm-hmm. new to you, then I think it's mm-hmm. a good choice. Yeah. Cool. I do want to tell you a little bit about my other favorite new Christmas movie okay. that just came out this year, and that's A Christmas Story Christmas, which is a sequel to A Christmas Story from 1983, which is like, I think, one of the sort of modernish gold standards of family, but also sharply comedic <laughs> Christmas movies. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of worried about the sequel. Okay, yeah. But I watched it. And if you go in with not really thinking it's going to be very good and just be okay with it, you will be very pleased and happy. (laughs) No, I mean, like, go in with low expectations. It's not it's not going to be as good as the original because, you know, a couple of the actors are the original actors are not in it due to one of them dying. So, you know, it's been a long time since that first one. But it's. It is cool that they were able to get, I think, most or even all of the child actors as grown-ups back. Very cool. And Peter Billingsley plays Ralphie, all grown up in his late 40s, and <laughs> is fantastic. At, like, he's still a really good actor, and he still looks like himself, but just older. <laughs> and he was really good. And good. Um, his wife is played by Aaron Hayes, who people may remember from a lot of like family sitcoms and, and whatnot. 
And in this, his father, the so-called old man who is played by, oh my gosh, veteran character actor. <laughs> oh, geez. Uh, Darren McGavin. Darren okay. McGavin has died in real life. So they have his character die at the beginning of the movie. So oh, okay. it is very like there's elements of it that are not quite as funny as the original because there is this like patina of sadness that his mm-hmm. dad who liked Christmas a lot has died right at Christmas. But his mom is like, you know what, we have to still have a good time because this was his favorite holiday and that would be a good way to honor him. So oh, yeah. you can kind of get past it. And that was pretty emotional and I was getting weepy about it. The rest of it is really fun and sweet. And there's really silly stuff that rivals right up there with the 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 plot in the first movie where the kid sticks his tongue on the flagpole. <laughs> there are things like that that these full grown adults do that are just as dangerous. <laughs> and it's really, really funny. Ralphie's kids are really cute. They have a they have a like turf war with some of the neighborhood kids that's really <laughs> funny. And it's just very sweet. And it has that same kind of sense of like a mixture of tones. So there's things that are sort of surreal. There's things that are a little bit sad and nostalgic. And there's things that are just, you know, laugh out loud, funny and and cute. So I I very much, if you are a fan of the original, um, this is an absolutely worthy sequel. Nice. All right. Yeah. That sounds great. Yeah. yeah. My family is a big Christmas story fan. Fans? Okay. They are. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing great today, guys. We uh, are. <laughs> it's been a couple weeks and we just lost all of our speaking abilities. <laughs> Not that I ever had mine. But uh, yeah, but this would this sounds like a nice thing to kind of watch with my parents or uh, yes. with the extended family if we could get them together. So very cool. Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. You'll enjoy it. Cool. Well, moving on from Christmas, I guess, into yeah. a year-long wrap up what we kind of do at the end of the year or try to do Mm -hmm. just go through some of our favorite media that we've watched we might have talked about it we might not have Mm -hmm. sorry media that we've watched and consumed and read and different things so which which category would you like to start with well, let's let's do music because okay. uh, many of you out there may have just recently gotten your Spotify wrapped for the year if you're Spotify subscribers. And uh, I was once again like, I need to turn off public listening when I'm listening to things that I'm <laughs> working to because most of it was instrumental music. But yeah. I did have a lot of like indie pop, alt rock stuff on there and including a lot of newer stuff because I've been trying really concertedly this year to listen to newer music. Nice. And there was one song, the number one song for me for the year. I was kind of surprised, but I'm not totally because it's like even now it's running through my head and it's so catchy in an almost annoying way. So it is called Rage and it's by Dirty Heads featuring Amy Interrupter and Travis Barker, which is wow, not okay. <laughs> it's like a rock reggae or ska song. Like uh, it's. I don't even really listen to Dirty Heads very much at all. They're not necessarily my kind of band. But Amy Interrupter is the lead singer of the Interrupters, which are kind of a very throwback pop ska band that they sound like, no doubt, they're my new discovery this year. And she's a featured singer on this song. And Travis Barker, I don't really have any opinion about one or the other, <laughs> but he's fine, whatever. But the thing I, I think I listen to, and I even watch the video of this song a lot, because it's it's called Rage, and it sounds very happy, but it is about being angry. And okay. 
I don't want to say I have anger issues. I don't. But I can't say that I was always in the best mood all year. <laughs> and, yeah. and there's something cathartic about listening to a song about people who are just really upset and they're kind of processing that. But mm-hmm. it is very bouncy and it's actually super cute. So I don't know if you need a cathartic. It's a good driving song, too. So okay. yeah. <laughs> check it out. So that was my number one song of the year. Okay. Yeah. Wow. All right. Um, <laughs> I don't do Spotify wrapped. So I, I sometimes use Spotify, but not a lot because I don't I don't pay for premium. So I don't like the commercials. And yeah. my dad has Amazon Music. So I've been using that a lot. Okay. Which does not have a wrapped. <laughs> oh. So yeah, I don't I can't statistically tell what my top song or favorite song was mm-hmm. i will just quickly say that i think a lot of great albums by female artists that i've liked have come out this year mm-hmm. so maggie rogers florence and the machine taylor swift even had a new album which surprised what? so many i know right <laughs> <laughs> no but the the fact that she came out with a new one surprised a lot of people mm-hmm. and just this week i found some great recommendations through their algorithm mm-hmm. where they're like you, if you like maggie rogers you might like this person and i actually mm-hmm. started listening to noah cyrus's new album oh yeah oh interesting i know it's called the hardest part and i really really like it it's sort of folksy okay but sort of dark folk mm. so i just want to point out that the the first song on that one it's called noah parentheses stand still i really like Mm. but for my top song of the year (sighs) oh no (laughs) uh i think i am going to go with free by florence and the machine oh okay yeah yeah i don't know i mean i could tell you my favorite taylor swift songs too but that that would take a long time yeah, so I'm going with that. Snow on the beach. Oh, that's so good. Every time I listen to it, I'm like, oh, wow, I love this even more. That is my favorite new Taylor Swift song. Nice. Mostly because of my girl, Lana Del Rey, on it. Your girl. It's still a really great song. Let me ask you, can you, as a regular listener to Lana, mm-hmm. can you hear her on it? Oh, yeah, of course. Okay. Yeah. What is that a thing? Well, it's just kind of, I mean, I know that she's singing in the chorus, but it's hard for me to like pick out her voice because I don't know it that well. Oh, they, okay. I, people may not even think this, but I do think that Taylor and Lana have extremely similar voices. Okay. And they go together very nicely. They have, they're, yeah, on that song, they, she mostly does the chorus, Lana, but she's like doubling on some of the verse parts too and okay. comes in with little phrases and stuff. Yeah. But I don't think people would ever think of the two of them as having similar voices. And yet they do. They're probably both kind of a either a first alto or mezzo soprano. Mm-hmm. And they both are a little bit like not, they don't, they don't belt, you know, they're, yeah. they have a certain kind of delicate quality to their voice. And I think that because of that similarity, but they both get lauded for, I think, more of their songwriting and producing more so than the actual quality of their voice. But I mm-hmm. think both of them actually have beautiful voices that go very lovely together, especially on that song. Yeah. They sound fantastic on that song together. Yeah. Yeah. But 
I'm not attuned as attuned to Lana's voice as you are. So I was yeah. just curious. Yeah. yeah. Cool. I didn't know if maybe it was controversial or that people are like, I can't even hear her on there. Yeah. Some people have been like, wait, where's Lana? <laughs> Featuring yeah, Lana Del Rey and be like, wait, I can't hear her. <laughs> yeah. She's in there. She's okay. in there. Cool. Well, cool. Yeah. There was a lot of good music out this year. I could, I could rattle mm-hmm. off some other ones too, but um, For sure. yeah. What about your favorite show, TV show this year? This one was really hard because, mm-hmm. so <laughs> to give you an idea of our different processes, KW picked out the top of all of her categories and I picked out the top five, but I actually <laughs> wrote down like 12 for oh. for TV show. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Well, give us a couple at least, but maybe not all 12. <laughs> Well, no, no, no. It's just because I watched a lot of great fantasy shows this year. Uh, I think fantasy is in such a renaissance and I'm absolutely loving it because it's my favorite ever. So Mm -hmm. for that reason, it was really hard to narrow some down. But I'm going to have to go with Obi-Wan Kenobi. Okay. Because Star Wars is like my OG fandom. Mm-hmm. And it just brought a lot of the joy that I felt for the prequels back. Mm-hmm. And it was great to share that with friends. And yeah, I just had a ton of fun with it. I loved seeing what's his face? You <laughs> I love <laughs> seeing McGregor. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I love seeing you and McGregor and Hayden Christensen back. And I loved the new characters that they brought in. And I absolutely loved Vivian Lyra Blair as young Princess Leia was just so adorable. So, yeah, I'm going to go with that one. What was your favorite TV show? Because you have watched a lot of TV, so I'm curious. I have. It's it's really tough, except that, okay, even though my, my Reddit wrapped said that the TV community I spent the most time in this year was The Real Housewives, which is really embarrassing. <laughs> it felt like the place that I spent the most time was in the subreddit for Severance. Okay, And yeah. so that is definitely, even though there was a ton of really awesome stuff out this year, Severance made me feel like I did when Lost was on. And I've watched some puzzly shows since Severance, but Severance is the one that I keep coming back to. I'm actively doing like scholarly writing about it. I am obsessed with it. It's amazing. I listen to the soundtrack all the time. (laughs) It's just like, you would not think that a show that is basically about labor exploitation would make me so happy, but it does. (laughs) It's like, I don't even know why it makes me so happy. It's just very well acted. It's so like quiet and sad. And Mm -hmm. we talked about it on the show, but to remind listeners of the premise, it's basically in a world where you bifurcate your brain to go to work. And so you have a work persona and a home persona, and there's no memory between the two. It's like you're creating an alternate personality for yourself on purpose that is just your work person. Mm -hmm. And it ends up with like a lot of questions about labor exploitation and consent. And, you know, what what does it mean to have work life balance that may be a little too good? <laughs> you know? Yeah. And what is even the nature of work today, especially in an office environment? But Adam Scott is amazing in it and really shows a different side of himself. So yeah, that's definitely my pick. Yeah, I don't know why I did not guess that for you. 
Because you <laughs> are obsessed and I love it. <laughs> I don't know if we talked about this, but she got very upset with me <laughs> because <laughs> I was home. I was home at my parents for a weekend and my dad was watching the finale. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I want to spend some time with my dad. And I watched it and <laughs> and I told KW and she was like, wait, you haven't seen the previous eight episodes? <laughs> And my dad was explaining to me, it was fine, it was fine. Okay. <laughs> it's fine. It's I fine. will eventually watch it. I promise. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So movies going on from TV. What was your favorite movie you watched this year? Yeah, I really struggled with this. And I was, um, <laughs> but this was one movie that I, I did actually go see in the theater despite mm-hmm. COVID and wore my little mask in the theater. <laughs> yeah. That was for Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. And the reason I liked that was I think Doctor Strange is an interesting addition to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Mm-hmm. He's not as well known of a character, but Benedict Cumberbatch, I like him as an actor a lot. And it also kind of continued on from WandaVision, which I really enjoyed. And it was a lot more of like a quasi horror movie. Okay. It was directed by Sam Raimi, who was known for like low budget horror in his early days. And I liked that about it. And I thought it was, there was almost like a Stephen King sort of element to it and a Walking Dead element. It was just really different. And it was funny, but also dramatic. And I just, yeah, I, there's problems with it. It's not perfect. But in Mm -hmm. terms of something that I was happy to go ahead and see in the theater, this absolutely fit. So yeah, I enjoyed it. Excellent. What about your movie of the year? Okay, well, I'm going to do that thing where I do an honorable mention. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So a couple weeks ago, when I watched Happiest Season, I have this new thing where I'm also watching Terminator Dark Fate afterwards. It's like a Mackenzie Davis double feature. (laughs) Oh, okay. Uh Uh (laughs) Which doesn't make sense thematically. (laughs) But I watch a lot of action movies when I wrap my Christmas presents for some reason. Mm. So my honorable mention is Terminator Dark Fate because I loved it so much when it came out and I still love it. And I'm going to do this project over winter break where I watch all six Terminator movies. Oh, fun. Yeah. And I'm going to probably blog about it a little bit. So if, oh, if cool. listeners are interested in that, they can catch my blog. But my favorite movie of the year is also one that I went to see in theaters. It was the only one I saw in theaters with my little masky on. <laughs> and it was the Bob's Burgers movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, just because it's so oh. joyful. And yeah. I took myself to see it on my birthday. And Aww. it was just really cute and fun. And I love Bob's Burgers. So, yeah. Yeah. That's great. Mm-hmm. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and we talked about it on the pod so i'm not gonna like go into the plot or anything like that but if you're interested you can listen to a past episode about it yeah as well as dr strange yes we did already talk about dr strange Mm -hmm. cool yep so did you do your favorite book of the year i did and i i read a lot of nonfiction this year so i'm excluding that and i think we talked about this novel on the pod also and that was 14 by peter kleins and i read that because i saw it recommended for people who liked the tv show archive 81 and then i ended up reading 
like all of the books in this series by Peter Kleins, as well as some other stuff, started following him on social media. He's really funny. And I, while I didn't love every single book in the series, it was satisfying and it was a really good series. But if you also just read just the first one, it's totally fine. And the thing I liked about it is it gets into kind of steampunk adjacent stuff. It's, it's got some really great world building. It's, it feels like a good ensemble cast that gets to be sort of a found family. And I love that. And it is this weird, literal locked room mystery. Nice. It's, this guy moves into an apartment building and it's got this weird apartment 14 in it and there's weird stuff that happens and it's a nice blend of sci-fi and horror and like i said steampunk and as well as like a little bit of a light a light tone to it and it's from 2012 which so it's older but it still holds up totally fine and i thoroughly enjoyed it nice excellent what about you what was your book of the year my book of the year was called among thieves by mj coon and it is a fantasy book. Surprise, surprise, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> um, but this one was sort of a surprise for me, actually, because I think it was one of those audiobooks that sometimes when before I take a trip to PA, like the night before, I will go through my Overdrive library app to see what audiobooks are available. And I just kind of browse. So I think this is one I sort of got on a whim. And it ended up surprising me just because I liked it so, so much. I gave it five stars. But it's about a girl named Raya who has magic. And the magic people in this are called adepts. And all the people who are adept have to go basically be under the control of this guildmaster. And she is keeping her magic secret and running from the guildmaster. And she uses it to become basically an assassin mm -hmm. for a crime syndicate. And her boss sends her on this job to go steal a special quill from the guildmaster. And she's accompanied by four other people who all have different reasons for accompanying her. And so it's sort of found family and it is very much a heist but at the same time, like, everyone has secrets. Everyone has, like, dastardly plans for betraying the, the group, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, so you're never sure, like, who to trust or who the other characters can trust. And it's just a lot of fun. I liked it because it was not too long. It's a standalone story, but there is sort of a cliffhanger. And book two is going to come out next summer. But you can sort of read it on its own. And I just had a lot of fun with it. I thought the world building was cool. I liked that it was a straightforward plot instead of, like, I love epic fantasy mm -hmm. with different points of view characters and different storylines and everything. But this was just so direct. It was a breath of fresh air for me. So awesome. I'm very much looking forward to the sequel. <laughs> cool. Yeah. That sounds fun. So do you have any more categories? Well, I did want to maybe talk about this game, which isn't technically a game. <laughs> okay. This is so dumb. Okay. Uh, it's it's classified as a game, but it's on Steam. So it's multi-platform. Uh, it's available for, I think, Linux and PC and Mac. Um, and it's called Virtual Cottage. And <laughs> there's no gameplay. This is so silly. <laughs> it's not silly. It's, well, okay. There, There's no gameplay. And that's the part that's weird. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's free, which is very nice. They do have a uh, expansion pack that's like $5, which is also nice. But basically, you fire it up and you're just this little person in a in a tiny house. And, <laughs> and there's a uh, pet with you. You can pick a dog or a cat. And the lighting changes based on the time of day it is in real life. And you can add ambient sounds of like wind and snow and rain if you want. And you can also add a little sound of a crackling fire. And if you do that, the little fireplace comes up. And you just watch this person typing on their laptop and you set a timer and you put you can put a to-do list in it and it it plays lo-fi music if you want it to. And you just like can work with your little little person in their house (laughs) like it's a productivity app which is but it's like very cute Mm -hmm. and you can use it for studying or reading or you can like i said make a to-do list in it and you can set the timer for any length of time or not even have the timer and you can have it chime or not chime and what i do i'm very big on these things called pomodoros um, which you can read about online But basically, I will just set it for 10 minutes. I'll make it chime. I put weather noises on it. I play the music quietly. And I just do writing or research or work for whatever I have to do that day. And then then it goes off and I pause it. And I go do something else for a minute. And I have a lot of trouble with focus. (laughs) And I have a lot of trouble with motivation, especially if I'm doing something very repetitive or that I'm not looking forward to, Uh or if I'm just having whatever trouble focusing. And just having this little little person there and you can like flip your, you know, screen over to it at any time and see her typing away and see the little animal there with her and stuff. It just feels very like, okay, she's still focusing. I can do this. I can. And I've only got five minutes to go. Yeah. It's so dumb. No, that's not dumb at all. (laughs) It's one of my best finds of the year for just, you know, especially as we're in wintertime, it's been very helpful. Yeah. So. Great. But what what about an actual game? You've been playing something like that's a real game. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, my favorite game of the year, I was just going to say Dragon Age Inquisition, Mm -hmm. which I talked about and I have been playing for like two years, but... (laughs) I can't play it as much as you can put up your little cabin thingy uh, (laughs) because I have to actively play it. Yes. But I do love it and I am very close to the end. I'm just, I want to wrap up some side quests before moving on to the epilogue. So I'm planning to do that over my winter break. And I just, yeah, I just think it's a lot of fun. I think the world is really cool and I've read some of the books in that world and after I finish this one, I'm probably going to go back and start the original Dragon Age. Oh. So that'll be interesting. Yeah, I do things out of order sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> but that would be my pick for my favorite game that I've played this year. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, this has been a really good year for, I think, pop culture media. Yes. And I'm sure we could enumerate all kinds of other stuff that we've enjoyed. But yeah, it's been, I, I've been watching. A lot more movies and finishing a lot more books than usual this year for some reason. So Good. That's awesome. So I actually have a, another question. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you remember that at the beginning of the, of the year, we did an episode where we laid out our reading and writing goals. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot all about that. <laughs> and I'm wondering if you have met your reading and writing goals or if you revised them and how, how did your reading and writing go this year? 
Well, my reading went great. I think I finished 35 books and I nice. my goal was only 30. So I did surpass it, but not by a super ton. But yeah, and I think I read a nice uh, diversity of things. So what was, do you think you met your reading goal this year? Well, I set my reading goal as 52 books on Mm -hmm. Goodreads and I'm only at 40. So technically I have not met that and I probably won't before the end of the year, Mm -hmm. but I'm okay with it. Yeah. I think it was good to challenge myself. I'm realizing that I get a lot more reading done in audiobook nowadays. Mm-hmm. So I am trying to be mindful of giving myself print reading time over the weekends and when I get home from work sometimes. Mm-hmm. So I yeah, I think it's been good to recognize that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I've got some books lined up for winter break, so I'm excited. Good. What about your writing goals? Well, I don't remember what my writing goal was, so obviously I didn't meet it. But I'm working on some stuff right now. I'm hoping to have some things in better shape over break. I've got another nonfiction book contract that I'm going to be starting. I, oh, golly. One, okay, here's a little like challenge to myself that I did start in, I think, November of writing two drabbles a day and I want to keep that up for a year. Wow. And I talked about it on social media and people were like, oh, that's a great idea. Because if you write two drabbles a day for a year, you'll have a book of 73,000 words by the end of the year. Wow. A drabble drabble is a piece of flash fiction short story of 100 words, exactly. And I have actually kept up with that. And I I'm writing basically 200 words of fiction a day. They're not all going to end up in the final product. Mm -hmm. I am sure of it. Some of them are connected. Some of them are like some days I don't have it in me to come up with something and I just write something random that isn't really a legitimate short story, but I have still done it. Mm -hmm. So so I'm probably going to just keep that going for the rest of the year. And then at the end of the year, like next November, I'm going to look at what I've got, cut what isn't really legit stories, and then see what it would take to turn it into uh, something publishable, even if I just self-publish it. But I'm hoping that what that does is get me back in the groove of fiction writing so that next summer, when I'm in my break time of my school year, that I get back to my long-form fiction writing. So awesome! that's my goal. That sounds great. Yeah. Good luck with everything. Thank you. Did you hit your writing goals this year? No, I did not. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember what all of them were, but uh, uh-huh. I do remember like I was going to finish my mystery manuscript and I was going to finish my world bible for the next fantasy series and I did start the world bible and I did make good progress on the mystery manuscript but I did not finish anything which is fine Mm -hmm. I am really proud of myself because I wrote two different dungeons and dragons adventures which was a new thing for me yeah and I just think branching out was really fun and really good creatively and I think I'm in a fairly good place with my writing process right now I am working on a novella that's set in the world of my thesis book so my first fantasy series Mm -hmm. and I'm hoping that I can you know finish that and get it out in February or sometime so yeah I'm I feel like working on the different things kind of helped me Working on the adventures sort of helped me with fiction writing. So I think it's always good to, you know, keep my options open. 
and Mm -hmm. I'm ready to bring on the new year and set some goals for that year and uh, we'll see what happens. Great. Yeah. Well, as a reminder to listeners, we talked about a lot of media today. (laughs) Some of the main, like A Christmas Story Christmas is streaming on HBO Max, Spirited is streaming on Apple Plus. Um, You can find the music we talked about on any of your favorite platforms, Um, the books, obviously, wherever you get your books. Go to the library. Go to the library. (laughs) So yeah, but certainly, certainly reach out, send us an email if there was something that you didn't catch that you want to know where it's available, we'll let you know. Yeah, absolutely. And this is our last show of 2022, but we will be back next year. And next time we'll be talking about, as always, more great pop culture stuff. Be sure to join us then and have a great holiday season in the meantime. And remember that in the new year, we are moving to a bi-weekly schedule so we can give you some longer episodes. Our theme music is by Joseph McDade. And you can find our website at positivelypopculture.com. And from there, you can find the link to the merch store as well as our email. So let us know if you have questions about anything, positivelypopculture at gmail.com. And please rate and review the show wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Stay healthy and safe and join us next time for another episode of Pause Pop. Pop.